This is the EWN Podcast Network. Do you know how often identity theft occurs? Every two seconds, affecting even children. The great news is that you and your loved ones don't have to become the next victim. In the Cyber Mindful with Sandra podcast, we'll explore together simple practices that increase the cyber safety of you, your family, and your business. I'm your host, Sandra Esto, and I believe the key to protecting yourself from hackers, scammers, and cyber monsters is rooted in being fully present, both online and offline. This podcast is a conversation among friends. I'm delighted that you are choosing to take charge of your cyber safety because you deserve to have peace of mind online and protect what matters most to you. So let's do this together. Hi, welcome to a new episode of Cyber Mindful with Sandra. I am so excited for today's guest. Have you ever had a situation where someone introduced you to a friend, their friend, and you don't know the person, but you get connected and it's like, you know, this person forever. Like she is your friend forever. You know, she's been your best friend for a long time and somehow your energy, your, your personalities really click. And that's how I feel about today's guest in the show, Mira. So let's, let's welcome Mira. Hi, Mira. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. We love having you here. And let me just say a little bit about Mira. Mira Shankar is the Director of Evangelism and Strategic Partnership at Okera. And she'll talk about what Okera is. So you don't know what it is. That's okay. No worries. Now, Mira joined Okera from Splunk. And Splunk is a company in the cybersecurity space. So, and we'll talk about that too with Mira. Mira served as a leading voice for cybersecurity. She holds a bachelor from Yale University and an MBA from the University of Virginia. In Mira's first time, this is, I love it. She shamelessly evangelized her love for basketball, music, and her dog to anyone who will listen. So welcome, Mira, and so, so, so excited for having you today. Yes, same here. Same here. So that no, was a very kind introduction. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, you you have a very interesting background. So let's start there. How did you get into cybersecurity? And now I'm going to take my glasses off because <laughs> it was on top of, like, I would, I wanted to read the, the bio. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally fine. How did I get into cybersecurity? Yeah, it was a, a bit of a happenstance situation, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a background in marketing and advertising. And then I went to business school and then I worked in market research. And then I got to a point where I said, you know what, I live in the Bay area and I want to try my hand in technology. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if not now, when, Mm -hmm. right. And so I had, you know, obviously you, you are around people who talk about various parts of the industry and 
at that point, both of my brothers were very well versed in the, the computer science world. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd heard them talk, talk about it since, since I was a child. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I thought, you know what, let me just, let me just go for it. And, and I sent out my resume to a number of, of technology companies. And then I also sent out my resume to a number of nonprofit companies because I just, just to be really sure. And, um, my, my career at Splunk began through a friend from college, actually. She was visiting from Dubai mm-hmm. and she had a picnic in the park and uh, invited some of her friends. And then I was talking to one of her friends and then she said, oh, I know about this opening at this company. And I said, great, sure. And then I said, what's Splunk? What do they do? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I was getting into. <laughs> And she introduced me to the hiring manager and uh, we hit it off and we he brought me in for a series of interviews. It's actually interesting. He said, you have one week to put together your job description. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to do a lot of research. I got lucky. It turns out an old friend from high school worked at the company. So I was able to talk to him and, and get his intel. And um, yeah, I, you know, when I, when they interviewed me, they very fairly asked, you don't have any experience in technology, let alone cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're right. But the thing that I have always tried to do as I have moved forward in my career is find something that's interesting and also gives me a chance to learn, right? I don't want to go into a job where every day I, I just do the same old song and dance. That's not fun for me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I said, you know, I, I go in blind to almost every job mm-hmm. and that's what makes me want to come back the next day. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I was very, very lucky to be surrounded by incredible colleagues who were incredibly supportive, helped me have the, you know, get access to the resources I needed to learn about security, to learn how to spell cybersecurity, <laughs> you know, all those, all those important details. And, you know, it was, I don't know if I was six, eight months before I was speaking at a conference, which was very exciting, but um, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of, of the end. I mean, I just, I, the more and more I learned about it, the more I fell in love with it and, I was managing security partnerships at Splunk, and then I was given this incredible opportunity to work in the CISO org, which is the mm-hmm. um, chief information security officer, right? So, and I was able to work on all things governance, risk, and compliance. So risk management, policy, um, creation, security training, and awareness. And um, yeah, I just, you know, it's it's an interesting thing about cybersecurity because I feel like we're in this world where people are incredibly trusting, mm-hmm. and yet equally skeptical. Yep. So, so the more we say, you know, oh, you need my birthday to give me access to some, to the pharmacist, or you need my social to bring up some file on the phone, I'll give it to you, but almost because I have to, right? I don't necessarily have a choice to get, if I need, if I get, um, I don't necessarily have a choice if I want to get what I need. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, there's all these hackers out there, there's phishing scams, there's all kinds of social engineering that's coming after mm-hmm. regular everyday patrons. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in some ways I think about it as job security, but I also think of it as an opportunity to really educate people and, and try and make the world a safer place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. you know, we, we always talk in this show about how, you know, being fully present really, it's, it's a mm-hmm. game changer when you are mm-hmm. asked for your social security or whatever piece of information, make sure that this is really coming from a place that is authentic, that it's not a scammer that is calling you and you, you know asking for your mm-hmm. data so they can get into your account. So always initiate those calls and always be the 
you know, the person that starts the conversation and not being the other side. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's interesting how the industry has evolved mm-hmm. because consumers are becoming more and more reliant on technologies yep. to solve their concerns, right? There's only, I feel like there's this weird threshold about what the consumer or the employee is willing to be responsible for and be held accountable for. Mm-hmm. And so, it, oh, it's someone else's problem. Someone else will do it. The problem is now there are plethora opportunities yep. for techno- technological solutions, right? Um, and and some are more secure than others. I think that's, to be honest, what attracted me to my current company, Okara, because mm-hmm. they just have a very simple, foolproof set of guardrails for protecting data. Mm. And it's, you don't, you don't have to think about it. Once you install the, the software, it's, it's easy. Um, and, and that's what it needs to be. Cybersecurity is not scary. Nope. If it's presented in a way that makes it easy to understand, right? I mean, you have all these children's books that you've written, right? And you take very complex topics and simplify them. Yep. And it really is just about finding that personal connection. You know, what if you were in this scenario? What were you, if you were in this moment, what comes to mind? What do you, what do you want to be prepared to do, how to act, et cetera? And, um, and that's what I really love about my job now is I spend a lot of time writing a lot of content, educating people about cybersecurity and working with our incredible community of champions and partners to build out joint integrations and just make things easier for people, right? We are moving in a very, very fast paced world. Mm-hmm. So how do we help simplify it? And how, how do we help make things more tangible and accessible? So that's so interesting, Mira. I, I love everything that you just share. And, you know, what, what is the question that you are most asked when you are teaching, when you are providing your expertise and you're making things simple for, for your listeners or for, you know, for the audience that you have? Yeah, I think, uh, one of the big things, it's funny, I actually did a webinar about this a couple of weeks ago was around data security versus cybersecurity. Okay. Right. So cybersecurity is kind of this big umbrella, Mm -hmm. right? All things cybersecurity, but data security is what I focus on more now, right? That's what my company focuses on. And that's really what we focus on is when it actually comes to data, data access, data Mm -hmm. governance, data management, how do you make sure the right people have access to the right things? Mm -hmm. The problem is a lot of people will just, um, in order to kind of expand the benefits and make things easier, quote unquote, they'll just say everyone gets access or no one gets access. But that's not really the point, right? We have this budding cybersecurity industry now, especially over the last couple of years with COVID and whatnot, and the number of hackers and Mm -hmm. people who have just gone to town with everyone working from home and this kind of remote ne- uh, mm-hmm. remote environment, right? It's no longer contained within an office environment. So how do you separate the two, mm-hmm. right? So we have threat intelligence, we have um, pen testing, you know, red team, blue team. Um, but data security is really about protecting your data, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we collect data all the time. Every company has data, employee data, customer data, yep. How do you secure it? How do you make the most of it? How do you extract value from it? Yeah, and individuals have data too. I mean, they have their pictures, mm-hmm. their personal information, yeah. you know, how do you protect that yeah. too? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a trend that's all over social media right now about the AI recreating your face. Yep. And, and um, you know, I definitely know a lot of people who do it and this is not meant to publicly shame them. But, uh, you know, I think for me, it just, it's scary because my face is my identity. Yep. Right. And to me, it's like a fingerprint. 
Mm-hmm. And so giving that information just feels risky. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I'm the same person who, when I call a support number, they ask me for the last four digits and I'll give them the last four digits, right? Because once again, it's something I need to do. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Now, you know, what is there a story that you can share with us? Like something that really struck you in the world of cyber that you were not expecting as a marketer and or or you know someone that was not maybe in the industry at the beginning but that was that thing that make you stick with it and i love something that you said i was reading your bio mira and you said you always learn something every day like something new yeah uh, but now do you have a story or something new that happened to you that make you fall in love? Yeah. So my, my general mantra or philosophy or, you know, forgive me, I'm whatever the, my general way of living my career is learn something at least once a day and laugh at least twice a day. Mm-hmm. And one of my nieces, actually, she, when I took my new job, she said, she would check on me all the time. Are you laughing today? Did you laugh today? Did you learn something <laughs> today? It's very sweet. So for me, you know, I come from a family of learners uh-huh. um, and I think that's, that has always been part of my life. Um, my brothers, as I said, have, have been in the computer science world since the time I was a child. And, um, you know, I would always hear them talk about things and it, of course, felt like a foreign language to me. I had, I mean, and in some cases, it was literally a foreign language as they were talking about coding languages, right? And um I was interested. I, I was obviously very ignorant at the time, but I was definitely interested. And then as I started to become more and more familiar with security, I realized just how incredibly expansive it is. Mm-hmm. And when you think about cybersecurity, it is not just a switch that you flip on and off. Yeah, It is, I mean, it could be a number of things, right? People are scammed with money. People's identities are scammed, as you know. Um, you know, my my credit card information could be used to do something. The chip readers are opportunities to do mm-hmm. it. And and so, again, it just really comes down to how do you make it understandable for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about security awareness and education, I really think that's the biggest obstacle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not that the actual problem is difficult. It's not that the actual solution is difficult. Yeah. It's just educating people to understand and create the environment where they where they recognize that the problem exists and there are ways to solve for it mm-hmm. that don't require necessarily a lot of resources or you mm-hmm. know time, money, et cetera. Um, so that's it. And then I think similarly, coming from a non-technical background, just working really hard to, to figure out how to translate between the technical and the non-technical, mm-hmm. right? I have a business background, so I was able to to lean on that a little bit. And now I feel incredibly fortunate because I'm I'm able to balance, right? I was put mm-hmm. in a lot of work over the years to expand my technical vocabulary and understanding. And and I feel very lucky to be able to converse with both parties, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, realizing it's it's important for people to do that. And similarly, I work again with incredible people who who help me learn and grow and who also help me understand things that maybe a little bit beyond my reach, right? And um, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, if you had asked me, you know, seven, eight years ago, what would I be doing? Mm-hmm. I would never have guessed. And I have just found myself very, very much in love with this 
topic. I think my friends find it hilarious because they still have no idea what I do. No matter what I have. But yeah, I just, uh, it's really won me over. And, and for me, that was probably the biggest learning is that you, something could just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. and you find, you find this incredible relationship with it. And that's just what keeps me going every day. I so. love it. I love it because, you know, technology is everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, like you, when you fall in love with it, you change your mindset. I mean, I, I, I was just thinking the other day about Limitech, like Limitech technology mm-hmm. beliefs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some I hear a lot, I hate technology, I don't like technology, and technology yeah. is this, or technology is that, or cyber is so hard. And the more we, we say that to ourselves, the more that we are reinforcing that it's hard, difficult, we don't mm-hmm. like it. Like, But I love, you know, what you were sharing, Mira, because your enthusiast, your pure heart and how much you enjoy technology and and how how you shifted from a marketing career into a cybersecurity space and that you find the beauty and that you find the the connection. And Mm -hmm. I love, 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 love all of that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, what you know, one thing we talk about at work, and I know I keep referencing my company, but it's because I really do enjoy what I do and the people I work with. Uh, we talk a lot about trust, mm-hmm. right? We talk a lot about how we have to build a community, a technology, a set of offerings that really help enable and embody trust. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that, right? I mean, who who do you trust? What do you trust? How much trust are you giving them, mm-hmm. right? And so how do we how do we do that? How do we do that in a way that's different, mm-hmm. in a way that's easy to operate? Um, while also helping people recognize that it's necessary. So how do you do it? How do you, <laughs> how do you decide who to trust or not to trust? Well, for us, it's about data, okay. right? And so for us, it's about creating policies around data access. Mm-hmm. So you can have one spreadsheet, for example, right, that has, let's say, just for simplicity's sake, all the letters of the alphabet. And you only want finance to know about letters A through F. So they only have access to A through F. And you want marketing to learn about letters I through N. So they only have access to that. And you want the executive staff to to only know what's in row three. So they only have access to that. And so you can kind of mask and, and hash all the other cells so that no one has access to them. But they can all make the most of a specific data set. Um, in a way that extracts business value pertinent to their role or maybe tangential to their role. And so we make it easy to create policies and more importantly, enforce policies. Mm. So, and it's, it's based on not necessarily the role, but attributes. So people can come and go, but if they have specific attributes that define what they do every day, Mm -hmm. kind of take away that, that added stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's fascinating. And is that, so Give us more more detail. Is that something that you only do for big corporations or is it a solution that can be used for smaller businesses? So tell us more. Yeah, it's it's everybody, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, everyone has, as we talked about earlier, everyone has data. Yep. And so therefore, everyone has data that needs to be protected. Absolutely. I would say there are industries that probably pay a little bit more credence to 
data security, right? Mm-hmm. So financial services, yep. healthcare. Healthcare is a little bit different because of HIPAA regulations, right? Mm-hmm. But financial services, definitely a lot of what we call um, PII data. So personally identify, personally identifiable information, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, you think about companies that have credit card information of consumers. Everybody has an HR department. Mm-hmm. So what's there, right? Passports are there. Data births are there. Social securities are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not limited to any size or any industry. And okay, that's, that's really beautiful. Is that you know, if you have a problem, we'll solve it. To, to paraphrase the great Vanilla Ice, <laughs> <laughs> that I love that. Now, oh, Mir, I want to shift gears a little bit. <laughs> when it because you know this is so fascinating. You do work at Clorox, which is a very mm-hmm. large organization mm-hmm. that. It's more consumer-based products. And then you, mm-hmm. I don't know if the time that you worked for Splunk, were they a startup or they were already an uh, established company, but now you work for a startup company. So walk yeah. us through that decision-making from leaving, you know, a traditional corporate environment and yeah. to go into a more, you know. Yeah, it's completely different. bonkers. Right? <laughs> so that, that is trust for sure i have to wake up and be excited every day okay and i have to love the people that i work with and so when i left clorox you know as i mentioned i was just looking for a change and i want to try a new industry and just kind of get out there Mm -hmm. and i'm not very much of a risk taker but in that moment it felt like the right thing to do And then, um, you know, Splunk was about, it was a little less than 2,000 people when I joined. It was the end of 2015. They had actually just doubled the company size at that point. And then by the time I left, it was around 8,000. So it was, you know, I was there for about six and a half years. I wanted to go to a smaller company because I, I realized a couple of things about myself that I just, you know, my last role wasn't getting, which is I like a lot of variety. I like people. I love being in external facing roles where I get to not only become partners with people, but also, you know, form friendships with them. And I, I did that and I've stayed in touch with a lot of people over my career through that. Um, and I wanted a small environment because I wanted to be in a place where I could kind of see the makings from the beginning, Mm -hmm. right. Be a part of something bigger. Yeah. Take risks, fail fast. These are, these are things that I've learned to be more comfortable with as I, as I age. (laughs) Uh, and, um, yeah, I just, I found this company and I, you know, the, the interview process was just, I felt like I was talking to, to family. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was having conversations, not interviews. I felt like I was just being asked to talk about things that interest me. And I was able to ask questions about things that interest them. And um, it just, it just felt right. And I felt that if I were to go and try out yet another new environment, this would be a safe space to do that. Mm-hmm. And I looked out. Oh, I, I yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's small. It's about 60 people, but fortunately, a lot of them are located in the Bay Area, so I get to see them in person. And mm-hmm. we've just built this nice little family, and um, that's the kind of stuff that you can't put a price on. That absolutely, so. absolutely, and and you know th- those decisions are so so key in your life, and you seem like a very happy person and someone that. <laughs> <laughs> so well it is almost the holidays so <laughs> no, but in general I, I think 
you know, we when we have the right environment where we play, mm-hmm. where we have the right environment, where we, you know, get to be us, you know, you get to be mm-hmm. you as you yeah. are. Um, I can see how that helps to maximize your 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 talents, to maximize who you are and, and this bright light that it's- you are. Oh, yeah. It just, honestly, it makes things easier, right? So over time, my work friends have interfaced with my non-work friends. And then everybody, you know, I just had a holiday Mm -hmm. party last weekend and people from every part of my life were there. And over the years, they've all become friends with one another, which Mm -hmm. is really great because I mean, you don't have to put on a face at work. You don't have to act like somebody at work. It's very easy for people to get to know your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And then that just spreads, right? So. Now, if, if someone that is listening to us right now, it's mm-hmm. maybe in the in a job that they don't feel is the job, is the right job for whatever mm-hmm. reason. What what would you mm-hmm. recommend them to do? How how to start that process? What you know? What would be three ideas that you can give them? Yeah, so there's two there's two paths, right? Or I guess maybe three paths. One is figure out how to stay. One is maybe look at other options in the company. Mm -hmm. And the third is leave, right? So I'll start with the last one first, actually. One incredible piece of advice I got several years ago from a friend was make a list. Make a list of three things you really appreciate about your job, three things that you do not want to carry into your next job, and three things that you would like to add to your next job. And then you can add on to it, right? Big company, small company, public company, private company, that'll help you kind of narrow down your search. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you join the company relatively recently, it means that you probably just haven't had a chance to really get to know it or have them get to know you. And so mentorship is really important. I've been very, very lucky in my life to have incredible mentors. It is not easy to find always. Um, so, you know, if you can latch on to someone internally, who can guide you. They don't have to be extremely senior. They just have to be an ear, a safe space for you to talk about your challenges and how to work through it. It can also be someone externally, right? Everyone has a story. Everyone has experiences that that can Mm -hmm. potentially be relatable. There's also identifying what parts are you struggling with, right? Is it a personnel issue? It is a, is it the type of work? Is it communication? Mm -hmm. There are, you know, I think companies now are spending more and more Invest. Uh, There's investing more and more in that, mm-hmm. so that employees who are struggling are able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the last thing I would say, honestly, is just don't don't force it. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. some things just aren't meant to be, right? I mean, I definitely have friends who have left jobs, gone to other jobs, and within a couple months they're out because mm-hmm. your mental health is mm-hmm. not something that anyone else can help but you. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course there are, there are obviously resources and support for that as well, but don't ignore it. Right. So if it's really just not working, protect yourself Yeah, and, and find a way to, to restore that balance. Beautiful. Uh, but I would say definitely, you know, see if the support is available and, and give it a little bit of time, be kind to yourself. You're doing the best you can and you're making decisions with the information you have today. So mm-hmm. that's all you can do. Beautiful, beautiful said. Now, what about someone that it's not in technology? They don't mm-hmm. feel that they, you know, they have this groove 
in technology or they <laughs> <laughs> they don't feel the confidence and but they might be whether interested in a career in technology or in cybersecurity, mm-hmm. or they know that today technology is everywhere and, and it's, yeah. it, it's everything and they want to shift mm-hmm. that. So what would you say to them to make that transition so much easier? Well, I don't know that I can guarantee it'll be so much easier, but I can definitely say that take a risk, mm-hmm. take a risk and trust in the people around you. As I said, I just got incredibly lucky with coworkers and friends and family who would sit with me and help me learn. And, you know, but you have to put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. Things are not just going to come to you overnight. And um, you definitely have to think about there are many aspects of technology, right? So you can you have to figure out what interests you. Do you want to be a programmer? Do you want to, you know, be an engineering or do you want to do marketing or do you want to do finance? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. But I would say if it at all interests you on any level, talk to people, reach out. People are a lot friendlier than I think we sometimes give them credit for. Yeah. Reach out to the networks, reach out on LinkedIn, reach out to anyone and just say, I want to have an informative, informational conversation with you. That's it. I'm not looking for a job. I'm not looking to interview. I just want to understand what you do so that I can understand if it's something I want to do. Yep. And build knowledge that way. And that way you can make an informed decision, not just one based on a, it just sounds nice, right? Mm-hmm. But there, these are concrete aspects, the concrete elements that I really think I can resonate with and potentially excel in. Yep. And that's why, I want to, that's why I want to go down that road. Yeah, it's so important. And I think, you know, we, we technology opens a lot of doors and mm-hmm. you're right. You know, you can go to your social media and you can see people's profiles. Mm-hmm. For these big jobs, and you can reach out mm-hmm. to anyone, yeah, and and ask, you know. Yeah, the- I mean, it's uh, they say it's not what you know; it's who you know, and I I believe in this case that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, and I think it's just you know it, it it's this step you you need to take that step. Like nobody can take it for you know for you. I I love I I, I heard once if you want to have abs, like you know, <laughs> nobody can do the push-ups for you, right? Like it will yeah. be nice, but nobody, no matter yeah. how much you pay, if you don't yeah. do those push-ups, those abs. I mean, my <laughs> yes, I work out with a trainer a couple times a week, and uh, they'll tell you the same thing. If, you know, I'm asked to do an exercise. Oh, why? Because abs, right? You can't, you can't get something if you don't put in the work. I yep. mean, this is how I, you know, I, I think, you know, if you look at also this environment, being a minority, being a female in this industry can sometimes be tricky. And of course, there's a lot of support groups there. But I also think it's about putting in the work there, too. You're not going to become a great technologist if you don't put in the effort to learn and you don't put in the effort to grow and gain experience. You know, what you look like or a box you check is only going to get you so far. Um, what is important, though, is is being set up for success. So are you given access to resources that will help you get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. That is extremely critical. It's not enough to just bring people in the door. You have to Absolutely. help them help them grow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you, I, I remember I was very early in my life where I learned that you are the architect of your own life and that mm-hmm. you, you, and only you make the choices and only you, I mean, you get 
all you know of, of course I'm with you mentorship is so important but there are some decisions that you make and then you go for and you might not know everything that's going to happen but you take that first step right yeah 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 and from there the, who knows <laughs> <laughs> well you know things like you having a beautiful career, having you know, having a beautiful life and um, enjoying. Now, tell tell us what what is the passion about basketball? Are you a player? Are you a musician? Oh, I, have, I have shot two three pointers in my life. I have I have people who can vouch for that. <laughs> uh, it was not during a game. It was just for my own ego and pride, really. <laughs> I grew up in Connecticut, so I grew up watching the Yukon Huskies. Again, this credit goes to my brothers. I'm pretty sure we <laughs> fought over the television. And um, yeah, they just kind of, it was on. And I am incredibly grateful to them for that because I developed this deep love of sports and okay. basketball in particular. And in college, you know, continued to watch. And then when I moved out, to California after business school, I thought, wow, all these college teams I've been watching on the East Coast, they don't really, really show up anymore on the West Coast television. So I was lucky to get into the Warriors fan club mm. uh, before before the bandwagon uh, fans appeared. But the last 10 years have been an incredible journey to watch. And I've been very fortunate to go to games. And there's nothing like the adrenaline I feel when I'm at a live game. Nothing. And um, I also think, you know, I've been lucky. I've met some of the coaches. I've met some of the players. And it just really is an incredibly nice group of people. Mm -hmm. And you want to root for the good guys. It helps that they're incredibly talented and have won multiple championships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you really want to root root for the root for the good guys. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. I mean, I generally my family loves sports. I mean, we all just watch the World Cup and my mom is obsessed with all things tennis and during the Olympics, basically she's unavailable for two weeks. So, uh, <laughs> you know, my brother's watching the track and field competition with his kids. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think between our love of sports and music, we really learn to kind of understand what it's like to be a part of a team and, and put in the work and, you know, support those around you. Yeah. Um, beautiful. So. Beautiful. Love, 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 love that. And that, that, you know, whatever is your passion, you know, whether it's a sport or, or music or cybersecurity, you know, at the end, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, what is the question that I didn't ask you, Mira, that you would love to talk to our listeners or, you know, something that you want to leave them with about you? When it comes to imposter syndrome, I think there are a lot of misconceptions mm -hmm. in that more people are going through it than you think, right? I mean, I would consider myself a pre pretty seasoned uh, expert when it comes to cybersecurity or, you know, the state of security space, but there are still things I'm learning. I do think it's interesting because there's this whole fake it till you make it concept, right? And it's, in my experience, going through that actually helps you learn more. 
Because if you set the stage just a little bit higher, if you set the bar a little bit higher, then people will talk to you at an elevated level and then introduce new concepts to you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to go in and not know everything. That's why you have a team. That's why you have people around you to support mm-hmm. you. I think imposter syndrome is just natural. We're human, mm-hmm. right? We, we go through ups and downs. We go through periods of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I think we just have to really be kind to ourselves and know that we're doing the best we can. and you know, find those people with whom you can be open and vulnerable and, and utilize them because everyone is going through some struggle and um, you don't have to go through it alone. So if it's your career or your personal life or, you know, whatever it is, find your community. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be people, you know, it could be a group of strangers, but trust yourself, trust your gut. And um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I you remind me of an interview that I recently did. Um, mm-hmm. She's the author of a book. The title of the book is "Be It Until You Become It," and instead of you oh, know, I love that. make it you know, fake it until you make it. She she really yeah. didn't want that. She was like, "Be it until you become it." And I was so, yeah. um, I love the book. Read the book. Her name is Natasha Graziani, um, yeah. and it you know I mean, that. Yeah concept that you are talking yeah. about you know you have to aspire to be someone but you start being that someone right now even if it's a little bit of a time and and that's exactly right everyone has to start somewhere yep. right i mean if you even think about how i got into basketball the first several years i had no idea what i was watching mm-hmm. right um or even you know when i moved out to the west coast and i started going to warriors games i had no idea who the players were but you have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Talk to the people around you. Listen to the to the game announcements, right? Listen to the, um, I mean, the, these announcers often are are ex players, mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of really interesting insight. And there are there are ways to fill the gaps, mm-hmm. but everyone has to start somewhere. And I'm pretty sure no one's starting at the top. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think being an asker, <laughs> you know, asker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great quality, yeah. right? Yeah, my mom always says, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah, right. So, so true. Take a risk and put it out there. Yeah. Now, Mira, what is your favorite piece of technology? I ask these questions to all my guests. <laughs> and the internet. Why. I feel like the internet. I mean, we can't do much without it, right? You know, I'm I'm still very much a fan of handwritten cards and phone calls, mm-hmm. and. Um, I def, but I, I definitely love the convenience of email or Slack or the ability to browse the web or go down a YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. The internet is really amazing. Yes. It is yes. amazing how much we rely on it now. Yes. How yes. it's just, it's like another limb, right? Just, it, so it, needs to, it helps you get through your day no matter what it is. Um, yeah. And it's definitely, you know, I like to joke technology is a blessing and a curse, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of incredible people who put in hard work to help us operate the way we do. Yeah. And I think so true. Different, different kind of heroes, right? Yes. So. We, heroes without a cape, <laughs> maybe heroes yeah. with, with glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> now, what, if you think about, think about your phone right now, Mira, mm-hmm. and maybe you have mm-hmm. it by your side. Mm-hmm. Tell me three things that when you think about your phone, you're grateful mm-hmm. for. What would those be? Communication, definitely. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. As I mentioned, I, I still love phones. <laughs> but I also, you know, video chats, okay. right? I mean, I remember when I was growing up, we had to plan when we would have phone calls with my grandparents in India or we'd write letters to them. And it was just a very different time. Yeah. And now, you know, anytime I miss my family, I can just pick up the phone and see their face regardless of where they are in the country. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's really wonderful. And then, of course, you know, especially during COVID, when we were all home, we had all these group chats going and it's a way to connect with people, even if you can't really see them. So that's really great. Mm-hmm. I would say photos. Anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with photos. I just capture memories all day long. I've been doing it for years and years and years. And um, I love Google has this feature now where they, you know, put together spotlight on XYZ or, you know, six years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. And it just really is wonderful just bringing up all these memories. And that's really special. And, you know, as I said earlier, I come from a family of learners. Um, for me, I love the ability to just get on, get online and look up the answer to a question, right? It could be anything from what movie was this person in in 1970? Why do they look familiar? Or, you know, how many episodes of um, this show are out there? How many seasons are out there, right? How many remakes of Star Wars have they made? Mm-hmm. To, you know, learning about just various topics, right? Related to the government, related to, you know, I took a class on indigenous people a couple of years ago through the University of Alberta. And I spent a lot of time reading outside of that, right? I was talking to some of my friends who are native to get access to resources. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just truly anything you want to know the answer to, or maybe don't want to know the answer to <laughs> is online. So and uh, that's, that's a pretty surreal world in which we live. So, so true. So true. Well, thank you so much, Mira. We it has been a wonderful pleasure speaking with you. Pleasure was mine. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing everything: your personality, your kindness, your energy, your passion, and I mean, love, love everything. So we really appreciate you, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful for you today. So if you enjoyed this episode, please tag me in social media at way to protect Again, it's way number two protect. And let me know if this episode has helped you. I would love to hear from you. And if you like to know more about me, check out my resources at my website, sandraestock.com. And remember, be intentional, be aware, and be mindful. Be I am. Yeah, I am now.